right, everybody. Welcome to Sunday night service. Let's make our way into the sanctuary here. Amen. Everyone seems nice and quiet and cozy tonight. Amen. Well, we're going to make some noise and get you all excited because that's what we do around here. All right. Praise God. Who was with us this morning, man? We had a really awesome service. Uh, we got to anoint everybody that was here with oil and lay hands on them. And uh, it was just a really powerful time. So uh, I just I appreciate everybody hooking their faith up with that and being used by God. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. And we're going to keep believing that we are seeing this nation come to Jesus. Can we get an amen tonight? Amen. All right. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, give Jesus some praise and you may be seated. All right, very good. Uh, let's see, got a few announcements to go over here. First of all, the um, the interest meeting for the Honduras trip was this morning. And if you couldn't be here for that, I would just encourage you, you'd probably go see Cindy and she could probably catch you up a little bit on that information. But again, we are looking uh, at around the 15th of June, somewhere in that ballpark, uh, going down to Honduras. And we, the more the merrier, man. If God's putting that on your heart, we want you to go and God will do something uh, really awesome for you there. So anyway, you will be a blessing to others down there. Um, also, the uh, your giving letters for 2022, I know that's one of those things that we don't give just because we can claim it on our taxes, but that is a nice little benefit. So uh, we will have those letters out, I believe, being emailed tomorrow. And if you need a hard copy of it, then uh, Pastor Katie said that you can get that on Wednesday. So I'm just, uh, you know, I'm going off of what she said there, right? Amen. She gave me the thumbs up. I like that. All right. Very good. Um, let's see. We are going to be having our Lyft married group married night on Friday, February 17th at 630. So if you are married, if you are a man married to a woman, you're invited. And uh, you can come at 630 that night. There is free child care and we are having an Italian pitch-in dinner. All right. Josh made that very clear this morning that he's not. You are cooking for everyone. You're not. Okay. All right. So who thinks Josh should just cook for all of us? <laughs> Julius thumbs down, giving you the thumbs down. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, um, yeah, bring your own Italian food. You can have whatever you want as long as you bring it. Amen. So come on out, and uh, it'll be 6.30 that night, uh, just in time for the Valentine's Day season. So that'll be wonderful. Men, are you already making those Valentine's Day plans to woo your lady? Wow. Oh, wow. That's not good. Boys. Boys, 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 boys. We got to work on this. All right. So uh, come see me later. I could probably feed you a few ideas. Just don't, you know, tell your wife that, you know, that I gave you those ideas. All right. Um, last but not least, James, can you please get the membership sign up sheet from the info booth? I don't know. So let's talk about this. Um, 
we uh, we passed the membership sign-up sheet around this morning. It got filled up the first round, so they filled up two lines, and uh, we've got a lot of new members on our way. But I don't even know how... Yeah, pass it around. I don't know if there's room or not. But if you are not a member and you are interested in becoming a member, we really think you should do it. And the reason for that is, uh, you know, if this is your home church, if you feel like this is where God is calling you to just put your roots down, you know, it's one of those things where you're you're kind of making it official. You're making a commitment. And uh, and we would love to officially welcome you into the family to be a member. And uh, that class is going to be... On Sunday the 19th, February 19th, Sunday, February 19th, from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. And what we do is we go through the class and kind of explain our own church history and then go through, you know, each of our main core beliefs. And uh, and anyway, it's just a great chance for you to officially become a member. And we would love for you to do that. And it's just awesome what the Lord is doing in our church. Amen. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? That did not sound happy. I'm not, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm going to, I'm, I'm so loving and, and forgiving that we're going to give you one more chance of this. Who knows what time it is now? All right, feel that. I like that. All right. Praise the Lord. If you need an envelope, raise your hand and the ushers would be glad to give you one. And let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter six. Yes, sir. Luke chapter six. And let's go to verse 38. And I'll do it in the NLT here. But Luke six thirty-eight. Praise God. What a good giving verse. If you're giving online, you could go to hdwc.org slash giving. Amen. And so in the NLT here, it tells us, give and you will receive. Hey, that's pretty good news because the world tells you give and then you don't have any more for yourself. You don't have any left. No, but God's word says if you give, you'll receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together. Excuse me. You, did I just, I fumbled over the verse. That's what happened. <laughs> My issue is that I've got everything memorized in King James, and then I try to do it in different versions. All right, um, give me one more chance. Will you guys forgive me? Am I allowed, like, an occasional mistake? All right. That's what I... <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Pastor Dave, take two. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. Check it out. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Amen. And so if you want a big harvest, then hey, plant a big seed. If you just need a little harvest, then, you know, plant a little seed. But what we're telling you right now is this, that it's an undeniable biblical principle that when you give it is given back unto you good measure pressed down shaken together and running over and we just love it that the lord always sees to it that it comes back to you amen and so our motivation for giving isn't just so we'll get stuff back we know that but it is a bible truth that when we give we do receive amen and we don't want to ever discount that part of the word of god all right let's go ahead and stand up together and we are going to speak some words of faith over our giving tonight and then we're going to get into some praise and worship and have a good time in the word of god who's excited all right father we come to you in jesus name and in unity we confess that jesus christ is lord over the united states of america we declare that righteousness, mercy, 
justice and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan. Am I doing the wrong thing? It's been a long day and a long week, okay? <laughs> That's strike two. Put me, if I mess up again tonight, kick me out, alright? So, who wants to do the financial faith confession? <clears throat> Walter, come here please. Alright, thank you. <laughs> Clearly, I am not cut out for this tonight. You ever had a long week and you've just, you know, alright, praise God. Brother, lead us. As we bring the Lord's tithe, and give offerings today, we believe and receive jobs and better jobs, promotions, raising and bonuses, benefits, sales commissions, business and states inheritance, inheritance, income, rebates and return, checks in the mail, gifts and deposits, fighting money, bills paid off, debt paid off, roll to receive, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs. So I have more than enough to take care of my family and give gifts to the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Feel free to join us at the altar as we worship tonight. And let's all sing together. Hey! 
what you do. This is what you do. This is what you do. You make me come alive. This is what you do. This is what you do. You make me come alive. This is what you do. This is what you do. You make one more time. This is what you do. This is what you do. Make me come alive. Make me come alive. Make me come alive. You make me come alive. You make me come alive. See, this is what you do. This is what you do. This is what you do. You make me come alive. This is what you do. This is what you do. You make me come alive. This is what you do. You make me come alive. This is what you do. This is what you do. This is what you do. You make me come alive. This is what you do. This is what you do. You make me come promise still stands and great is your faithfulness your faithfulness I'm still in your hands and this is my confidence that you never failed me your promise still stands and great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands, and this is my confidence that you never failed me. I know the night won't last. I know the night won't last. Your word will come to pass. My heart will sing your praise again. Keep me with still enough And keep me within your love And my heart will sing your praise again 
Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. And this is my confidence that you never failed me. Your promise still stands. And great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. And this is my confidence that you never failed me. One more time, let's sing, I know the night. And I know the night won't last. Your word will come to pass. My heart will sing your praise again. And Jesus, you're still enough. Keep me within your love. My heart will sing your praise again. Your promise still stands, and great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands, and this is my confidence that you never failed me. Your promise still stands, great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness I'm still in your hands This is my confidence That you never failed me Let's just celebrate all the mountains we've seen him move in our lives. Let's sing. I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way, and I believe I'll see you do it again. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. I'll see you do it again. promise still stands great is your faithfulness your 
faithfulness I'm still in your hands and this is my confidence that you never failed me your promise still stands great is your faithfulness your faithfulness I'm still in your hands and this is my confidence that you never failed me I've seen you move you move the mountains and I believe I'll see you do it again you made a way where there was no way and I believe I'll see you do it again I've seen you move you move the mountains and I believe I'll see you do it again you made a way where there was no way and I believe I'll see you do it again I'll see you do it again Your promise still stands And great is your faithfulness Faithfulness Still in your hands This is my confidence That you never One more time, sing that Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Your faithfulness I'm still in your hands this is my confidence that you never failed me. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus, we love you with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our strength. You're our all in all. You're our best friend, Jesus. Like the song says, you walk with me and talk with me along life's narrow way. Lord, we're so glad, we're so glad that we're not just speaking into the air, but Lord, we're talking straight to you. And Father, we thank you tonight that as we're in your presence, getting ready to listen to your holy written word, that faith's going to come. And Lord, we're going to see what we need to see to live in the healing and the health that you provided for us at Calvary. And Lord, importantly, that we're going to be able to take what we hear to somebody else that's sick and then come to a church like this and be able to take healing to them from the Word of God and get them raised up and functional and be able to enjoy life that you provided for them. We thank you tonight, Lord. It's going to be a life-changing night for some people. And some people are watching out there on the internet, Lord, it's going to change their lives and what they hear. We just thank you, Jesus, that we know you're good and your mercy endures forever. Amen. 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 You can be seated. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God.
How, how many like being sick all the time and going to the doctors and get prescriptions and man just going from one appointment to another and just can't wait to get back to the hospital again? I don't know about you. I don't like that kind of stuff. I've been down the road somewhat over the years. I don't like him. I like to stay healed. And I've, I've learned some things in the last four decades about healing. I taught healing school for a lot of years to a lot of people back in Indiana. Had had a lot of other churches come to my church on Wednesday mornings. I had a healing school. Got a lot of people healed. I was talking to Mr. Ernest over there a while ago. At one point in time, we had Holy Ghost meetings going for Pastor Davis this morning for 63 days. And we had people, we had a small town, we had a couple traffic lights in there, one of them in front of our church. People come down the highway, they stop at the lights. They see the lights on there, a bunch of cars everywhere. They come in, walk through the door, man, they get slain in the spirit and get healed. I can't tell you how many people that were totally strangers passing through our area, walked through that door there, and the power of God hit them. They fell on the floor, they got up, and they, they was, you know, probably a lot of them weren't even saved people. They just get up and say things like, I don't know what happened. My back's hurt for years. My back doesn't hurt anymore. My, my, hey, my, my leg was messed up. I'm walking straight. Those things happen over and over and over and over again. And I'm going to, I'm going to teach some things again tonight. That's for you to get a hold of. And, you know, I think about how faith works. There's spiritual laws. And the law of faith is a spiritual law. And what I'm going to teach tonight is very much part of that. We're going to look at Jesus in action and Paul in action. You know, uh, I think about the book of Acts. They call it the book of Acts. Well, Acts is short for action. And it wasn't, it wasn't the Acts of the Apostles. It was Acts of the Believers. Just so happened the Apostles were believers, and so they're more famous. But there's a lot of believers in the book of Acts that had actions they did and got people healed. Amen? And how, how many here is believers? Hey, man, well, you know what? The book of Acts has never ended. It's still been written. God, God keeps records in heaven. And so we're, we're, we, we are in the record books of heaven for the things we do for Jesus. And one of those things is getting people healed. Amen. Well, I want you to open up your Bible to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a few things before I read this verse. I'm just getting you there. Then at... After that, if you want to look ahead to Luke chapter 5, we'll be there next. But I want you to just uh, listen closely. And, you know, because so many people are ignorant about how God works in the healing arena, that there's some things that uh, need to be said. And some of, some people have been going here long enough that they've heard a lot of things I'm going to say, but you need to hear them again. And then some people have never heard them before. But I wrote, I wrote down a few, a few thoughts when I was writing this down this morning. That there's many ways to receive healing from Jesus. I want to say it again. There's many ways to receive healing from Jesus. And I'm just going to, just some, some of them, that's pretty common, common practice around here. But you need to get a hold of this. Uh, one way, but not the only way, is laying on of hands. And pa- Pastor Dave talked this morning from Hebrews chapter 6. That laid on the hands, it says, is a doctrine. It's a foundational doctrine of the church. And Mark 16, verse 17, 18, Jesus said, These signs shall follow them that believe. He didn't say these things shall follow pastors. Or special preachers with a special anointing. He said believers. He said in the name of Jesus, believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. 
That's one way, but not the only way. And then another way is James 5, 14, 15, to call for the elders of the church. And the elders of the church anoint the sick with oil in the name of the Lord, and then they pray the prayer of faith. It says the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. The prayer of faith shall heal the sick. The prayer of faith shall heal the sick. And so I grab a hold of those things if I need them. And so Jesus said, elders, when you call on them, and that's something some people don't understand. I can't get on bunny trails. But I tell you, it's been so, I've seen so many people get hurt because they didn't understand why things wouldn't work. It didn't say, drag your unsaved husband up here and pray for him. You're going to get nothing. Or grab your rebellious teenager up here and lay hands on him. You're going to get nothing. It said, the sick call for the elders. There's a way to minister to other people, but it says the sick have to have some faith that when the elders anoint and pray, they're going to receive something. Amen. And, you know, I think about it. I started telling Pastor Dave about this yesterday. I've had so many stories come out here in California since you've been here. I remember years and years and years ago, there's this man that was probably, he's probably in his 50s. He had a wife probably the same, same age, and she was really sickly. He'd never, ever come to church a day in his life, but he started hearing about our church. He heard about people getting healed all the time, and I laid hands on him. And so this guy called me one time and said, I'm going to bring my wife to your church Sunday night for the touch. And I, I thought, what? He said, well, you give her the touch. <laughs> you know, when somebody's not even saved yet, you can't, you can't stop. There's no way you're going to teach them what's really going on. Talk to them on the telephone in two minutes. So sure enough, he brought her in <clears throat> Sunday night. You know, really scraggly-looking, sickly-looking woman and just really looked bad. And they sit back there in the back, just sit there the whole time. And he was grinning, waiting on the touch. He looked up, I looked back, and he'd go, like that, she is. And so got done, and I did what we always do, had an altar call to pray for people. And he just brought her up there to me, you know, kind of drug her up there. She kind of hanging over on his arm from me. He said, give her the touch now. <laughs> you know, there wasn't anything much I could say. It doesn't work that way. So I gave her the touch, and he drug her out, and I haven't really seen him since then. But she got the touch, so I don't know what happened, but uh, there wasn't any faith there anywhere involved. It was just nothing, total ignorance. And so uh, laying hands on the sick is one way, and then the elders anoint them. Praying the prayer of faith is another way. But then also, uh, when you're in a service where the gifts of the Spirit are welcomed, and this is First Corinthians chapter 12, talks about the gifts of spirit. As that was a gift of special faith, working of miracles, gifts of healings, uh, discerning the spirits. There's a lot of things goes on there, but when the gifts of the spirit are welcome. You know, I know, I know when I first came here, I talked to a pastor in town that was supposed to be a church like our church at one point in time. This denomination was pretty fired up, but he let me know one time he didn't like what, what was it he called it? Uh, Wildfire, things got ahead of his church. He said, I'll tell you what, if somebody speaks in the tongue of my church, I'll shut it down. Well, guess what? The gifts of the Spirit weren't welcome in that church. You could teach it, you could teach out of the Bible, say, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 has these gifts of the Spirit, but if you don't want them in your church, God's not going to intrude. And so if you're in a church where the gifts of the Spirit operate, things will happen. I have, in our church, so many times, God has suddenly in the heart of the speaker, spoke to us to call somebody out for serious things, minor things. 
And it's always amazed me, a lot of times on Sunday mornings, I've had a word, Pastor Dave has, that somebody in here has got this going on. And a lot of times I, I, I just kind of just hesitate to do it. I thought, man, that is weird. You, you want me to say that? Say that? And all of a sudden I got 30 people lined up across there, all got the same, same thing going on in their bodies. Anybody ever been into those prayer lines where that's happened? Hey, man, well, see, that's another way that Jesus heals is a gift of a spirit. But, uh, you know, if you go, and I'm just talking people out there watching too, if you go to a church that doesn't believe in those things, then I doubt it's ever going to happen for you. Because Jesus is a gentleman, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, and he comes where he's welcome. That's why the Bible says don't grieve the Holy Spirit. It says don't quench the Spirit. And so it's possible to quench or to grieve the Holy Spirit, or I wouldn't say don't do it. Amen. So the gifts of the Spirit's another way to receive filling. Then also, during communion. During communion. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he says that one of the causes, he says, many people for this cause fail to receive healing and they're sick because they don't discern the Lord's body. Well, there's two things he's talking about there, the word discern. Discern means to see. Number one, they don't see in the word of God that by Jesus' stripes they were healed, so they're ignorant, they don't know healing belongs to them. They don't see his body was beaten with 39 stripes for his healing, for their healing. And so it says, well, this cause many are weak and sick, and they don't discern. Then another thing, the body of Christ today are us, at Christians around the world. No matter if they're called Catholics or Presbyterians or full gospel or Baptists, whatever they're called, if they're born-again believers, you need to discern to see that they're part of your family and don't think you're the only ones going to heaven. And you know, one thing that to me that's always been a, a strange thing I've never understood is that some people that don't believe in speaking in tongues think that tongue talkers aren't going to heaven because we're weird. And then there's tongue talkers that think because they don't speak in tongues, think they're weird. Well, the Bible doesn't say, whosoever shall speak in tongues shall be saved. It says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so it says that's a reason, that's a reason, says 1 Corinthians 11, that many don't receive healing because they don't see that. You see what I'm saying? And so then it says then, goes on to say that if you'll judge yourself, you won't be judged. And so anytime you're taking communion, and if I, if I were going through a sickness, I would especially judge myself. I'd look at my love walk. I'd say, how am I treating people? Do I, am I discerning the Lord's body? Am I treating people right? And I'll tell you what, if I was sick especially, and I knew that I'd, I'd done something wrong or had an attitude that was bad towards somebody, I would immediately say, Jesus, in communion, I'm judging myself. And a lot of people receive healing in communion when they, when they take it in faith and do things right. Is this making sense to you? Yeah, we're, we're talking about some things here that will help you for healing. <clears throat> but what I have found out, the most sure way to receive and the best way to keep it is to hear and to be healed with your own faith with your own faith. And so the title tonight is Hear and Be Healed. Hear and Be Healed. Hear and Be Healed. And so Romans ten seventeen says, So then faith cometh by praying. So then faith cometh by trials. So then faith cometh by worshiping. No. Worshiping is a good thing to do. But I tell you what, when you get faith in you, it's a lot easier to worship. Amen. 
And, 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 and when you pray, if you're a person of faith because you're in the Word of God, it's a lot easier to pray because you're praying in faith. And the trials, you can't do much about those, but it's a lot easier, it's a lot easier to win over one if you got faith. Amen? Faith cometh by what? Hearing. And hearing what? By the Word of God. By the Word of God. There's so many things in the Bible that are good to do, but the only faith producer is to do what you're doing right now. You're hearing the Word of God. As you read down through this passage here, as you back up a few verses, from 13 on down especially, he's talking about five-fold ministers teaching you the Word of God. You know, you need to read the Word of God yourself. Uh, I don't know how to talk about the modern times we live and what they call them now, but uh, it's good to listen to tapes if you ever find one, I guess. I still say tapes. Or then what was the next level? CDs. And then what do they got now? They got the pods and everything. I don't know about those much at all. Sorry. But uh, it's good to hear the Word of God taught. But when you're in a live service like this, you've got a whole better, lot better chance of getting something, getting in you in the area of faith. So the faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. And so you need to hear healing taught to have faith for healing. And, you know, I, I learned something a long time ago that uh, at one point in time, I needed faith to be water baptized. And so I saw the Bible, what it was, I got baptized, but I don't need to hear it taught every week for me because I don't need that faith anymore. I had it and I got it. And then, uh, you know, you need faith. You need faith for lots of different areas of life. I don't need a lot of faith in my marriage now, man. We're on automatic pilot. It's working. But if you're going through marriage problems, it's a good thing to hear the word of God on marriage. And I've got, I've got, I've got my blessings raised. And so right now, I don't need a lot of study, a lot of stuff. I hear a lot of teaching on how to raise my kids. Well, praise God, we got that done. Some of them took 30-some years, but it got done. Every once in a while, we have a relapse, but we help them. <laughs> no, no, listen to what I'm saying real seriously. So if you need healing, what's the best thing you'd be hearing? Yeah, what if you go to a church that never teaches it? I'll tell you what, the church you go to makes a difference. Amen. And so whatever area you need faith in, you need to, for that season of life, major in studying on that subject in the Bible. You know, I think about when I was, when I was a boy. I went to the largest Baptist church in Indianapolis. And man, you know, I was, I was a young guy. My parents didn't go to church. My grandma took me. But every week, they preached on born again or salvation so heavy that nobody else would go up because they're all saved. But every week, that's all they taught was getting saved, getting saved. So for a few months, I fell for it because nobody would go up. But they'd say, hey, now I know there's one out there. I know there's one out there. I sit there with Grandma, and I got born again, baptized, and I had a really tender heart. And so I'd sit there, and finally, man, I'd think, man, I must be the one. So I'd go up there again and have three or four or five people gather around me, man, and just... They didn't believe in laying on of hands, but they laid something on me. But what am I saying? I'm saying for me to have grown in that church, they would have had taught something besides getting saved because all the people were saved. And so I want to say that again because you're going to see this in the Bible. Hear and be healed. Hear and be healed. So I want you to go over to, to, to Luke chapter 5. And as we're looking at this, Unless you're really sick and you need healing, I want you to keep this thought in mind. I'm going to tell you something. It might really uh, break your uh, selfishness barrier. If you know sick people out there that you work with that are in your family, 
that people you know that are sick, get them into a church like this. Start bringing them in here if you want to get them healed. You've been praying for them already, no doubt. Because you've been praying for them, their hearts are prepared. Now you've got to go out and get the harvest. Get them in here under this word to get them healed. Get them in this atmosphere to get them healed. And Dave, I'm thinking about that one couple we know that's in heaven now. I wish I could have had them longer. Just did here a little bit, but I wish I could have had them got something into them. But the uh, thing is, this is a Bible principle. And I'll, give you, I'll give you three ingredients of the law of faith that, that you know, but just always remind you of. Number one, you've got to hear the word to get faith. Number two, Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus said, you'll have whatsoever you saith. Have these talk about the law of faith. And then number three, James 1, 22, said, be you doers of the word, not hearers only. You've got to act on your faith. You've got to not only hear it and speak it, but you've got to put action to it. And so if you're, if you're praying for some sick people, you know, put some action to it and get them into church however you got to to get under this. And we'll start seeing some healings out there in your families and in people you love. And so Luke, Luke chapter 5, I want you to notice verse 1. Luke 5 verse 1. There it is. And it came to pass that as the people pressed or crowded upon him to what? Hear the word of God. Hear the word of God. And so see, Jesus had a reputation. We're going to look at that. Jesus had a reputation that he taught, this is the Old Testament, of course, he taught things they'd never heard the religious crowd teach before. And I want to say it again. I'm not bragging on our church. I am bragging on the Word of God, though, that we teach the Word of God, and uh, we've had great, 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 if you want to call it success, success of people receiving healing here. And, you know, I know that uh, I look at the faces out here now that have come here for years. The majority of the people here have received healing enough and received faith from the Word of God to know not only how to receive healing for yourself and your family, but you take it to other people because you heard it here. And you know what you're doing tonight? You're pressing upon me to hear the Word of God. You're crowding in to hear the Word of God. And so that's what said they, they, they pressed upon him to hear the Word of God. But I want you to get, no, jump over to verse 15. Jump over to verse 15. And I want you to see this. But so, so much the more there went a fame of him. He, he, he got famous around there, abroad of him, and great multitudes, great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed. To hear and to be healed. To hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Because they've heard, they heard of Jesus, that when Jesus spoke and he preached, and I'm going to show you what he preached a minute too, I'll show, I'll show you where he taught from said they came to hear and to be healed. And so people came to hear and to be healed. And I want to say this. It's just like that man I told you about a while ago. A lot of people, a lot of people hear about churches like this. And like that guy there, I don't know if he'd ever been to church before even. I mean, he just really, he was far out there. I, I tried to help him. I spent a lot of time over the years, talked to him at different times. I tried to help him, but all, the only part he wanted to hear was not the part about coming to church, but the part about the touch. And so he heard just enough to be wacky. And it's sad. It's sad because Jesus, Jesus died for them, and Jesus gave his back for them to be, get those stripes on them so she could be healed. That's what he wanted. But, you know, so many people, Pastor Dave did such a good thing this morning. What would you call that, those, those 
excuses, goofy stuff. All the excuses people have why I don't want to go to church. You know, isn't that a shame that a church like this that teaches on healing, people get, people get healed of terminal illnesses, people get healed of all these different horrible, horrible diseases, things happen, they don't want to come to this church, they talk about money too much. Well, that's part of the package. Jesus wants you prosperous. Third John 2 said, above all else, what you to prosper and to be in health, even as your soul prospers. And so as pastors that know what the covenant says, if we don't teach it, we're accountable to God. I'm not going to get judged because people did not want to tithe to God and I didn't tell them what God says without pressure. But just the thing that you do because you get faith for it to do it. Amen. Or about, or about love it or anything else. You know, I don't love people and things like that. And so a lot of people, a lot of people call themselves word people, but I found out it's just the word they want to hear people. I want to hear any word except tell me to forgive him. I'll never forgive him. Well, I'm sorry, that's part of the package. I want to hear any word except you talk about them tongues. Don't want to hear that. Well, I'm sorry, that's part of the package. It's in the Bible. Well, I don't, you talk about money too much. Well, the Bible talks about it a whole lot. And the whole thing is God wants you blessed. Well, all they ever talk about is faith. Well, it's impossible to please God without faith. So, you know, it's, you know, I don't know how you could ever teach the Bible without teaching faith if you're going to be a Christian church that loves Jesus. Hey, man, so what I'm saying is a lot of people, they want the healing part just to come in and get it, but not stay long, not stay long enough to get the rest of it so they can keep it. Amen. And so, and so uh, great multitudes came to hear and to be healed. And so a question then, what do you think they heard? You know, now listen, this is serious. They came to hear and to be healed. Well, since faith comes by hearing, they have had to hear Jesus teaching the word of God on healing. They came to hear and be healed. He, he, he wasn't teaching uh, uh, end times. He was teaching healing if they came to hear and be healed. And so uh, Jesus' ministry was based upon healing a good deal of what he did. Now I want you to back up to Luke chapter 4. And we're going to look at what Jesus was teaching them. And, you know, we'll show this in the Word of God. They came to hear and to be healed, so he was teaching healing. But Luke chapter 4, Pastor Dave talked about this this morning. And uh, I'm going to start at verse 14. And I, wa- I want you to watch this closely because this is a key to Jesus' healing ministry. This is really a key to his healing ministry. Of course, uh, Jesus was 30 years old. And you go back to chapter 3, then start of chapter 4. And this is after he'd been baptized in the River Jordan by John the Baptist. And he was in Galilee. And then he went to the wilderness for 40 days, led by the Spirit of God, into fasting and praying for 40 days. And then he came out of there. He never had a public ministry yet. He came out of there then, says, full of the Spirit, full of the Holy Ghost. And then he began to preach. And so then he get over here to verse 14 and says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. Now, I want you to make sure you see that where he started at. He started right there in Galilee. This is going to be a key to something I'm going to tell you in a few minutes. So he started off, his ministry started in Galilee, and there went out a fame of him throughout all the region. And so then it says, uh, and he taught 
in their synagogues, being glorified of all. He taught in their synagogues. He taught. He came out and he taught in the synagogues. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. I like what Pastor Dave said. He really emphasized that this morning, how important church was to Jesus, to be in church. And so as there was delivered of him the book of the prophet Isaiah, or Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And so he's talking about Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 2. He was quoting, reading out of Isaiah 61 because they didn't have the New Testament. So he's reading out of Isaiah uh, 61, and actually it was a prophecy about him. And so he's reading, he's reading the Word of God. So what comes when you read the Word of God? Faith. And he's reading about himself. But you know what? I read about myself in the Bible too. You know what I read? These signs shall follow them that believe. I say, Jesus, I'm a believer. They shall lay hands on the sick. They, Jesus, they shall recover. I say, that's talking about me. Anybody need healing? I'm a believer. And I read it to you, the word of God. You need healing, come up here. And then also, also I'm going through times, different times. I say, Lord, I read Malachi chapter 3. It says, you bring the tithe into the storehouse. I'll open the windows of heaven. I say, that's talking about me. Because I bring my tithe into the storehouse. And then he says, the windows have opened, I rebuke the devourer. You need to start seeing yourself in the word of God. You need to get that into first person where you can actually say, he's talking about me because I'm a believer. He's talking about whosoever, I'm whosoever. That's who I am, I'm whosoever. You see what I'm saying? But anyway, Jesus, in reading Isaiah 61, here's what he said, and get this now, he's in, he's in the synagogue, and people aren't used to hearing these things because they're Pharisees and Sadducees, and, you know, uh, I, I heard the definition of sad, you see, when I was a baby Christian, and uh, I think it's good. You know why they're sad, you see? Because they don't believe anything. So they're sad, you see. Amen. Anyway, Jesus reading, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recover the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And look at this. He said, and began to say to them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And then you'll see that's when the persecution started. When Jesus said, this is talking about me, he was telling those people, I'm the Messiah now, here I am. And they didn't think, and then as you read through, all through this chapter, said, isn't this just uh, Jesus? Don't we know his brothers and sisters? We know his mom and dad? And the, the carpenter. And he said, he's the Messiah? Well, people then began to persecute him because of this talking about me. Do you know that when you're, ta- when you're around religious people, usually unsaved people, and hungry Christians, when you tell them, let me pray for you in the name of Jesus, you'll get healed, they want it. But you get around religious people that don't believe anything, they'll start criticizing you. They'll start bad-mouthing you. They'll say you go to a church that's a cult. Et cetera, et cetera. Religious, I tell you what, no, nobody gets any meaner against Christians that believe the Bible about healing than, than preachers that don't believe it. And you look, you look, you look at the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, the religious priest and doctors of the law 
those people are the ones who are behind stoning Jesus, crucifying Jesus. Anyway, that's just, that's, just a side, that's just a freebie. But the thing was, Jesus started in Galilee. He started preaching, I'm anointed to heal. Amen. And so then you get to chapter 5, where we was looking at what those people do. They crowded around him to hear the word of God. And then it says, they came to hear and to be healed. And Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord's upon me because he's anointed me to set you free. He's anointed me to heal you. If you've lost your vision, spiritual or natural, he's anointed me to set the captives free. And this day, this is fulfilled. Here I am. And you know, if you get people in a church like this, and you get a preacher up here that's preached the word of God, and he says, you know what? If you're out there, no matter what you've got, you just heard the word of God taught. If you've got heart problems, if you've got cancer, if your vision, whatever it is, you're the sick, I'm the believer, I've got the anointing, you got the sick, and Jesus is here. You come up here, and we lay hands on you, and Jesus said he'll confirm his word for signs following. We just taught his word, and so what are you waiting on? You understand what I'm saying? That's how this works. People come to hear and to be healed, but you've got to be teaching healing. And what happens when healing's taught? Faith cometh. Faith cometh for what if you're teaching healing? Faith comes to be healed. Amen. Amen. Do you see how this works? That's, that's part of the law of faith. And so, one time, and I'm going to show you what I'm getting ready to say. One time Jesus told Brother Hagen that everywhere he went, he said the first thing he did, every synagogue he went into was read Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. He said everywhere he went, that's what he did, everywhere he went. And so I, I want you to look at Acts chapter 10, and I think Peter will confirm the statement I just quoted from Brother Hagen. Acts chapter 10. Now we're going to start at verse 36 when you get there. I'll let, make sure you get there first. Because you need to see this. Acts chapter 10, we're going to be reading verse 36 through 38. But Jesus' ministry started in Galilee. Remember that? It started in Galilee. And then he got to Nazareth. He was reading that same thing in Nazareth. And so then Peter, how many know who Peter was? Was he kind of close to Jesus? He was kind of in the in crowd. He traveled. He was in Jesus' team. He went with him everywhere he went. So Peter kind of had, had a handle on what was going on. And so here's Peter preaching to the first Gentiles in Acts chapter 10 to Cornelius. But you get down to verse 36. He says, The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. Now look at this. That word, I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee. Began from Galilee. He got baptized with water there, got baptized with the Holy Ghost, and then in Galilee, he began to preach. Remember that? We saw that in Luke chapter 4. He was in Galilee. And so Peter's telling what happened. And he said, published throughout all Judea. As that's kind of in agreement with what Jesus told Brother Hagin, he said Jesus told him that. And see, he was teaching Brother Hagin about the healing ministry. And so I think about that. 
no matter how many times we've preached the same sermon, we've got to preach it and preach it and preach it and preach it. I know that uh, sometimes I've, I've, I've had, well, my wife sometimes, I said, what are you going to preach today? I told her, I said, man, you preached that a thousand times. I said, you know what? There's people out here that's never been here before. There's people watching out there that's never heard this. And then there's people in here that over the years they've daydreamed through it. Or they've been playing games on their phone. Or right when we got the part that needed the hill here, they got a little buzz and looked down as a goofy, some kind of advertisement email or something stupid. And then they left here. And then uh, somebody like David said, man, wasn't that awesome what Pastor said? you hear that? I didn't hear nothing. Well, you heard your phone. Amen. I'm doing better preaching than you are shouting. Amen. Amen. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying now? Here in Acts chapter 10, Peter said this same message that began in Galilee, he preached everywhere. And then... Uh, Peter puts it in his own words. He said, uh, in verse 37, he says, That word, I say, you know, which was published, preached throughout all Judea, began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. And that shows you we're talking about the same thing because it, 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 at the end of Luke chapter 3, he got baptized. Then Luke chapter 4, he went out fasted and prayed for 40 days. And then he started preaching in Galilee. So he's talking about the same thing. And here's the message that Peter says he preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. He went about doing good, uh, helping, help, help, helping feed little children's lunches. He went about doing good, helping old women cross the street. He went about doing good, cutting the neighbor's grass. No, he tells you what the good was Jesus did. With the anointed God, he went about doing good and healing. Healing all that God was trying to teach something to was sickness. You know, that's what religious churches teach people that don't believe in healing. Well, that's on you for a reason. God gave that to you for a reason. Well, those churches get God and the devil mixed up. Because Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes still, kill, and destroy. He said he comes from the habit and enjoy life. Amen? So he said how Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And see, that's Peter's words. But if you go back and read Isaiah 61 and Luke chapter 4, verse 18, when Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, etc., and to heal the sick. And so can you see that? That, that was Jesus' favorite, most productive sermon everywhere to show up and read out of Isaiah 61. Faith cometh by what? I'm going to keep on harping on this because we're going to get this church. We're going to get this really good. And ones out there watch this are going to get this too. Faith only comes one way. Faith doesn't come by trials. Amen. Faith doesn't come by praying for it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so if you're, if you're going to say your church is a, is a healing church, you better teach healing. Amen. If you're going to say your church is a loving church, you better teach love. If you're going to say your church is a salvation church, you better teach, teach born again. If you're going to say your church is a family church, you better teach about family love and what families do. You better teach the role of what a dad is. Hey Amen. You better teach the wife's role, the mother's role. You better teach the children how to honor their parents in the Lord. 
And so they're going to be faithful whatever you say you are. And so, you know, not by our choice, but by the call of God on our ministry, we're a very strong healing church, a very strong faith church. And that's because that's the way God's led us all these years. And so we major on teaching on these things. And so Peter said that, you know, that this is what Jesus started teaching way back in Galilee and through all Judea. This is what Jesus taught, that he's anointed to heal the sick. This church has an anointing for healing the sick. And I just want to say this again. Man, start getting some sick people in here. We got you all healed, man. Bring somebody sick again. Man, surely there's somebody you know that's sick. Get them in here. And so I want to go back then to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Matter of fact, I'm just remembering, we got a little mini book back at the bookstore from Brother Hagen called Hear and Be Healed. And it teaches a lot of these things that's in here. I guess we got it. We got it? Yeah, Katie says we got it. Linda says we got it. I see head shaking, yeah. And so Luke chapter 6, verse 17 and 18. Luke 6, verse 17 and 18 says, And he came down with them and stood in the plain to a level place, and the company of his disciples, so Peter was in that, he was part of the team, and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem, and that's what Peter said, all through Judea, that's where he was preaching at, and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, which came to hear him and to be healed. Came to hear him and to be healed. If you're not hearing anything, you're not going to have faith for anything. If you're not hearing that's the will of God to heal everybody, then you're not going to have faith to get healed. You know, you know that I've, I've been, uh, I really, I don't teach a lot of the judgment of God, but I'll tell you why. Because the church that teaches on that so much, as soon as somebody's sick and they want to see them get healed, immediately the devil comes and brings that back to them. Well, you remember what you did? God's judging you. And I'll tell you, God does judge sin. God does uh, judge wrongdoing. But if you major on that, then the people out there that need healing are going to major on their under judgment. Amen. So we need to teach you how to live right, but if that's what we're preaching the most, that's what you're going to believe the most, and so you're never going to receive anything much except hard times. And no matter what the devil's doing, throwing on your life, you're always going to think, well, that's God judging me. And the devil's going to go to your shoulder and help you. because say, you're under judgment. Yeah, he wants to heal everybody but you because you're getting judged. Does this make sense to you? This is real. This is real. We're going to major on the love side of God, but we don't ignore the judgment side, but we major on the love side because we want people helped. Amen. What do you think about the woman caught in adultery? I'll tell you, that's such a good story. Got all, the, got all these old religious men, says you're caught in adultery, do you have adultery by yourself or you have to have a man? Where was the man at? How come they didn't throw him down there too? He may have been their favorite preacher. Amen. I want some of that holy oil from Israel. If he, if, if he gets in trouble too, there'll be no more holy oil. No, you know, that, I'm just telling you the truth. That woman, that woman was caught in adultery and then the words were the Bible were in the very act. That means the scoundrel was right there too. Threw her down there, and they wanted Jesus to prove they'd have stoned her to death right there in the street. And so it says Jesus just got down and started writing in the dirt of his hand. So he started writing. And I said, then they all began to leave one by one. 
Somebody told me one time, I bet he was writing their names down about all they'd done. So they began to leave one by one. And then Jesus said, woman, where are those thine accusers? She said, Lord, there are none. He said, I'm not going to judge you either. He said, but go and sin no more. He said, yep, you were guilty, but I'm forgiving you. Just quit doing it. Hey, man, so what am I saying? I'm saying we need to let these people out there, backslidden Christians, people that don't know anything about God or Jesus and healing, they need to let them know Jesus wants you well. Jesus wants your family healed. He doesn't want you to die young. He wants you to get healed and live your life out. Your kids need a dad and mom. Your kids need to grow up. He wants people to know that healing is from him. Amen? But I'm emphasizing, emphasizing what Jesus had me teaching tonight. You've got to get them in so they can hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it. Sometimes some people have had such a rough life and their hearts are so hard, it takes a while to get them in a church and the worship's a big part of it too. With the worship, that's, that, that's the anointing of the Holy Spirit starts to soften a hard heart. And then there's so much love in this church. I was talking to Jeff a while ago. He's a fairly, fairly, fairly new member of our family that Jeff got born again about a month ago or longer. Yeah, yeah, about a month ago. And so come up a while ago and, and Jeff come up to me like that, but he wanted to hug. And I said, I said, you get used to these hugs yet? He said, I love them, I love them, I love them. And I said, I remember myself, when I first come into the family of God, I had all that hugging going on. That was so strange to me because my family wasn't huggers. People around wasn't huggers. What do you think like that? But you get these people that have been beaten in life. They're hurt. People stumped on them, spit on them, and trashed them, and called them names and everything else all their lives. Their hearts are so hard. They hurt so bad. they got to get in this atmosphere. For the love of God and the Holy Ghost to melt that hard heart. So then when that happens, it's like the ground. You know, Jesus taught the Word of God is, is God's spiritual seed. And says, your hearts are God's gardens. And you know, this desert dirt especially, some of it's so hard, you just don't walk out there and scratch a little bit of the surface of this dirt and throw some seed down there and think it's going to do it. think it's not. you got to work the ground. you got to put stuff in this ground out here to grow anything. And so there's some hearts that are like that. They're so hard that they want to believe it, but they got so much hurt. They got so much stuff on them that if they don't come in here and get under this consistently where the Holy Spirit begins to work and work and work and work, and then all the fellow believers love them all the time. They hug them, shake their hands. How you doing? And not phony people, but real people like we got here to let people know. Man, Jesus loves you. He loves you. We love you. We're so glad you're here. We're so glad you're here. And we don't have any goofy religious people that say, I remember her what she used to do. Well, guess what? God said he don't remember what you used to do, but he sees what you're doing now. You better quit that. Amen. Amen. And so if Jesus could throw their sins in the sea of forgetfulness, why can't you? Amen. And so it says here in verse 17, they came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, diseases, and they that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed. They came to hear and be healed, and they were healed. Now I want to close with Acts chapter 14, and uh, as I say, if this don't light your fire, your wood's all wet. Acts chapter 14, verse 7 through 10. 
And how many know that Jesus is the one that personally appeared to Paul many times and told him what to preach? As a matter of fact, Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament for things Jesus told him. And so uh, Acts chapter 14, I'd say, I'd say that Paul's ministry was a whole lot like Jesus' ministry. Verse 7. And they talk about they, him, him and his preaching partners. There they preached the gospel. And there said a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who's never had walked. Would you say that was a real bona fide cripple? From his mother's womb, who never had walked. You, you got time for a story? A couple stories before we continue in this. Uh, I went to a church. When I got born again, God had me to church just like this. My pastor taught me these things. And the thing about it, I believed it. And then I got to go to a minister's conference down at John Osteen's church in April 1981. And for a week, uh, my, my single friend and I, Gary, we traveled together everywhere. We were down there for a week with some faith giants of the day down at John Osteen's church. And, man, we went out of the street, and I can't tell you the miracles we saw. But I remember we got to the Atlanta airport. We had a little over Atlanta airport. And I never got to see a cripple get healed in my ministry yet. And so I prayed. I said, Lord, I said, give me a cripple. I said, give me a cripple today. I want, I want to see a cripple get healed. And so we was at the Atlanta airport, and we were walking, looking for our place, what they call a little place where you sit at, you know, little chairs around. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I saw this great big guy, he must have been six and a half foot tall, pushing a wheelchair. And there's a guy sitting in the wheelchair, and his leg was stuck straight out. And he pushed him like that, and the Holy Ghost just as clear as, I, clear as a bell. He said, there goes your cripple. I said, oh boy. So I, I started trying to run and catch him, but this guy was, man, he was Lurch, you know, of Adam's family. This guy was a giant. He was walking fast. I started running, and the Lord said, slow down. I told him, he's your cripple. I'll save him for you. And so we got up to the place a little bit, and I looked, and this guy was obvious to see. He was in a wheelchair. His leg was sticking out. And so we got up to that place there, and Gary was with me, and he told me part of the story later on because I was caught up in the glory of what I was doing, what paid any attention. But I got up there, and uh, the guy had his granddaughter. He was an older guy. had his granddaughter, somebody with him. I, start, I started to talk to him. She said, he can't hear a word you said. He's deaf. I said, oh, good. <laughs> and so I did what I'd seen the faith preachers do. I stuck my fingers in his ear. And I said, come out of there, you deaf spirit in Jesus' name. The guy goes, whoa. And so we started talking. And then uh, Gary told me later on, he said, you drew a crowd. He said, there's at least 100 people there because you were talking loud. And so I said, hey. I said, I said, Jesus is going to heal your leg. And he said, my leg can't be healed. said, they surgically, surgically removed my kneecap. My leg, my leg will never bend. And, <laughs> whew. So I laid my hand on this knee that was stuck straight out. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I release the healing power of God. And all of a sudden, I don't think I've ever been scared of anything going on in my life like I was that. His leg, leg bent. And have you ever seen these puppets show the strings where they do that kind of stuff? That's all I can describe it. His leg just went nuts. He started jumping up and down. And that guy goes, hey man, hey man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. He says, stop it, stop it. <laughs> and I got scared. 
because I wasn't expecting that. His leg just went wild, just jumping up and down, going everywhere like that. And it wasn't supposed to bend or anything. He said, stop it. And all I said was, I don't know how. <laughs> but I'm just saying how real this is. And so then Gary, though, he, he, he wanted to have a paralyzed person. And so we was going, and there was a woman, about a big thing that was pushing her. She was paralyzed. And so Gary went over, did the same thing, and raised her up. But I'm telling you how real this is. This stuff is real. It's according to what you believe. Amen. If you believe God won't do it, then he'll do it, but just not in your life. And, you know, I like, I like what I heard a man say one time. He was preaching at our church when I was in the seats out there, wasn't up here preaching. He said, how many blind people have you seen healed this year when you prayed for them? And nobody in the whole church raised their hand. So he said, now how many blind people have you prayed for? Well, then, if you don't pray for any, you'll never see them healed. I've had at least, boy, I don't know, probably eight or ten or more blind people healed when I prayed for them. And I'll tell you what, when that guy said that, I was challenged. I remember the day I was down at the federal building downtown Indianapolis. I was on a federal jury. And I was going, going into the, to the federal building. And the lobby down there, uh, I was walking through the lobby crowded to get to my place where I was going. And there's this, there's this older woman down there just kind of just like that. And uh, she said, excuse me, sir, can you help me? And I said, yeah, what do you need? She said, can you tell me where the lost and found is? Well, this is where they had all the blinking lights and everything. They just have those simple black boards that put the white letters on. And I said, well, well, there's, there's the thing right there. She said, she said, she said, she said, she said, I, I'm medically blind. I got cataracts and said, you know, I can see about, you know, right in front of her like that. And when she said that, I mean, I'm so, I'm so dipped in this. There wasn't any thinking. The butt's the heart, the mouth speaking. She said that. I went like this. Oh boy. I said, this is your day. I said, Jesus is going to heal you right now. And so I just said, can I pray for you? Put my hands on her. As soon as I did, she started crying. Oh, I see, I see. And that was the first blind person I ever got healed. But, you know, I wasn't a preacher. I was a Mark 16 believer. Amen. And so I'm telling you, this stuff is for real. It's not just for preachers. It's for believers. But God does give some preachers special anointing. I do have a healing anointing. But it doesn't work all the time as the Spirit wills. But Mark 16 always works. And so let's, let's just finish this right here. And so it says, this man never had walked in verse 8. Now here's the key again. It says, the same heard Paul speak. Now I'm going to say it again. You know, in case you don't quite see this, heard Paul speak. What came when he heard Paul speak? Faith. How did Jesus get him healed? They came to hear and to be healed. So this man was crippled. That's a pretty serious case, isn't it? Never had walked. And so then it says, he heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, Paul steadfastly looked at him, perceiving that he had faith to be healed. And then sometimes... Sometimes you got to help people and tell them what to do. So Paul saw this man's got faith to be healed, but guess what? He wasn't healed yet. He had faith, but he didn't know what to do. So then it says, listen to this. Then Paul said with a loud voice, stand up right on my feet, and he leaped and walked. So Paul told him what to do. Paul told him what to do. 
I've learned, I'm not going to say it's a trick, but I've learned what I do with people. How many were here that day that uh, Jeff Copey got healed? Some of you were. Okay, well, we'd had a man that was in his 50s, maybe early 60s, when I first came here, came here. He'd, ha- he'd, had, he'd had a back that was messed up for, I think he said, 28 years. He'd had surgeries, medicines, everything else, and he told me there wasn't one day in 28 years he never, never had back problems. He said he's always been on medication, doctors, and so he said out of the word over and over here for months, and guess what happened when faith cometh? He had faith to be healed. So he came up here in the line on a Wednesday night, and he said, Pastor, I want you to pray for me now. I said, what for? He said, for my back. I said, what's going to happen when I pray for your back? He said, it's going to be healed. So he came up there, and he had a fused, you know, the fused vertebrae and everything like that. I, I laid hands on him, and as soon as I did, just as soon as I laid hands on him, I said, bend over and touch your toes before he could think. He bent over and touched his toes. And so then, uh, years later, on a Sunday morning, I was telling that story of his healing. And Jeff came up here. He was, he was around, probably, probably around late 20s, 30 years old. And when Jeff came up here, he said, Pastor, he said, I've had whatever it was, he said, my whole life. He said, I've never touched my toes in my whole life. He said, my back's locked and I can't do that. And so, same thing. He'd sit under here for a long time and heard this. I said, okay, when I lay hands on you, what's going to happen? He said, my back's going to be healed. And this, this is a young man had never been over at all. And so as soon as he did that, as soon as I prayed, I, immediately, I did what Paul did. I said, Jeff, touch your toes. And he bent over and touched his toes. And he, they got a big family. They're sitting right I'll still remember it. His dad and mom was over there. Brothers, I think he had a sister here that day. Every one of them started crying like babies. They'd never seen that man touch his toes. But I want you to notice though what I'm saying. It says Paul preached healing. That man heard him, and Paul perceived he's got faith to be healed. But he wasn't healed yet because he didn't do anything. He had to act on it. So Paul said with a loud voice, rise up and walk. Well, if you got a person that's an adult, has never walked at all their whole life, their first thought is, I can't walk. But faith was there because faith was preached. Faith was preached, so there was faith there. But then if he would have just said, okay, let's just close it out now. In Jesus' name, amen. You can all go home. That's not the way you do it. You've got you to be bold if you're ministering somebody. The things I'm saying, I'm talking about services and things right now. But my healing ministry started off in hospitals, nursing homes, jails, prisons, and city parks. They had the freight dock I worked at and everywhere else I went. I started doing this. I was 10 years doing this as a truck driver before I ever started preaching. And so I'm telling you, this is not just for the church. This is for everywhere you go. Jesus is everywhere. The devil's everywhere oppressing them. And Jesus is everywhere wanting to help them. But Jesus didn't say just pray for the sick. He said lay hands on the sick. And so I always carried a little pocket New Testament in my pocket. And what I would do every time I could, I'd say, would you look at something in the Bible with me? And I would show them Mark chapter 16. I'm talking about people I never knew, strangers. i say, see what this says right here? Jesus said for believers to lay hands on the sick. And I'd always say this, I'm a believer and you're the sick. 
and he's Jesus. That's so why I lay hands on you. Jesus is going to heal you. And I'll tell you what, I think probably, probably 99% of the time, I saw so many people healed when I was a truck driver. I I, I tell you so many blind people that got healed. <laughs> it's just an amazing thing. We see blind people get healed. We see deaf people get healed. Man, I've always done the same thing. The deaf people, let God tell me something different. I put my fingers, I've always saw the guys do it. It works. Well, you're supposed to be imitators of them with faith and patience inherit their promises. So that's how I started off, was imitating the guys that I, that I sat under. And now guess what? People imitate me. Because it works, it's the word of God. So anyway, it says that man leaped and walked and never had before. But you see, the key to the whole thing for all these things we looked at in the Bible was hear and be healed. If you want to have great success at getting the people you love healed, then show them just a verse or two in the Bible or something. Depends on, you know, how much you show them. But you don't want to overdose them. Just show them enough to get some faith activated. And when you do, just let them know, you're the sick, I'm the believer, Jesus is here, and I lay hands on and then ask them, say, do you think Jesus is going to heal you now when I pray for you? Well, they just saw it. But, you know, don't ever be a lazy Christian that just goes around telling people, especially lost people. Well, you know, the Bible says, no, they don't know the Bible says. I don't tell just somebody, just because somebody goes to church and, you know, you work with them, they go to church. Well, you know, the Bible says their church may, may have never even taught David and Goliath. Amen. Well, let's stand up. Praise God. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, a car commercial. I don't know if they had it here in California. I, it was a local company back in Indiana. But have you ever seen these ads they do where, you know, we'll give you $500 for any car. You know, bring it in. We'll give you $500 trading any car. They had this commercial back in Indiana. I can't remember who it was. Pastor Dave and Pastor Katie might remember. Did you ever have one? Uh, drag it in, pull it in, haul it in, get it in. You remember that? Anyway, they had a commercial said, just, just get it in. Said, if it won't run, drag it in, pull it in, you know, tow it in. Just get it in. We'll give you $500 for it for a trade-in. So I want to tell you this. Those sick people out there that cross your path, drag them in, pull them in, haul them in, tow them in, bribe them in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Dave will give him $500. <laughs> but anyway, what am I saying? This was a wonderful message for all of you tonight, for the ones out there watching. But the main thing is, we have no shortage of sick people in this world today. Amen. What we do have is a shortage of believers that are brave enough to get them into a church. So get them in here, we'll get them healed. Well, what did we teach on tonight? Healing. So what kind of faith has been bred in your heart tonight? And so if you have any need of healing, if you're standing on the Word of God already, then there's faith in you tonight to receive what you've been believing for. Okay? You know, sometimes you have to understand, when you're standing on the Word of God, don't be like the guy that was on the rooftop. Remember that one? The flood king. And he's believing God. He's going to get delivered. He believed in God. I'm going to get rescued, get delivered. So the people come along in the boat. And they said, get in the boat. We're getting you out of here, man. The water's rising. That guy says, I believe in God. That's okay. I believe in God. 
So the water rose. He climbed up higher, ended up on the roof, and the helicopter comes over. Hey, grab that rope. Grab that rope. We're going to rescue you. Get you out of there. I believe in God. I believe in God. So then all the rescuers are gone, and the guy's blub, 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 blub. He's in front of Jesus. What happened? I was believing you. He said, well, I sent you a boat. I sent you a helicopter. You wouldn't take what I sent. And so if you are believing God for healing, no matter how minor, how major, this may be the answer. What you're looking for tonight because there's a level of faith in here. And so come up here and just get this thing taken care of. Amen? All right. And all three of here were qualified healing technicians. That's what Brother Hagin used to call his people at his healing school, call them healing technicians. Amen. And of course, if you need anything else, you can get it. But the primary thing is, there's a strong healing anointing here because it was taught. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence that you never failed me. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never failed me. I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way. Where there was no way And I believe I'll see you do it again I've seen you move You move the mountains And I believe I'll see you do it again You made a way Where there was no way And I believe I'll see you do it again I'll see you do it again Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Faithfulness I'm still in your hands This is my confidence that you never failed me. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never failed me I've seen you move You move the mountains And I believe I'll see you do it again You made a way 
there was no way And I believe I'll see you do it again I've seen you move You move the mountains And I believe I'll see you do it again You made a way Where there was no way And I believe I'll see you do it again I'll see you do it again Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Faithfulness I'm still in your hands This is my confidence That you never failed me Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Your faithfulness I'm still in your hands This is my confidence That you never failed me promise still stands great is your faithfulness your faithfulness I'm still in your hands and this is my confidence that you never failed me I've seen you move you move the mountains and I believe I'll see you do it again You made a way Where there was no way And I believe I'll see you do it again Seen you move You move the mountains And I believe I'll see you do it again You made a way Well, there was no way, and I believe I'll see you do it again. I'll see you do it again. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness I'm still in your hands And this is my confidence That you never failed me Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Your faithfulness I'm still in your hands And this is my confidence That you never failed me Okay, are we ready to do the Pledge of Allegiance?
<laughs> Go ahead, Pastor. Okay. <laughs> I had to do that. <laughs> See how it is. All right. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, yeah. It hasn't been my best night ever. I'll give you that, okay? I've uh, yeah, I've made a few, fumbled a few times here, but it's okay. <laughs> because I told you this morning we're not perfect, right? So I thank you guys for loving me <laughs> through my imperfections. But with that being said, is little James Browning here? I mean, where's that guy at? I... I need my backup. Okay, well, well, all right, give me one of these kids. I got a good kid. Thomas, all right, let's get my third string quarterback here. All right. <laughs> all right. We're going to close out in prayer, and then we'll have, uh, we're going to leave the Barstow Faith Confession in some better hands tonight. You got this? All right, I'm trusting you, man. <laughs> I am going to, I went to sit down, and my water bottle fell through the seat and about hit Virginia there. I'm like, what is going on, man? What a night. All right, so let's pray. And then uh, Thomas will close us in the Barstow Faith Confession. We'll be back Wednesday. I promise to do better Wednesday. All right, let's go. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for what we've seen in the Word of God tonight. And Lord, oh my goodness, it is awesome that these people, they came to hear and be healed. And we know that when we hear the Word of God, faith is coming into our hearts, Lord, and we can absolutely expect to receive healing and any other answers that we need. Lord, use us this week in the name of Jesus to be the light of the world everywhere we go. We're going to spread the love of Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, that we are absolutely operating in faith every day and victory we love you and we praise you in jesus name can somebody say amen all right you got this come on guys let's say it loud we declare that barstow is a blessed city our families are blessed our schools are blessed our churches are blessed barstow is healed barstow is prospering barstow is saved barstow is strong barstow is surrounded by the walls of god's salvation barstow is full of love joy and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. See you Wednesday.